Hey, cycling family. Before we get into the next episode, I know you're probably thinking like, what the hell is Sylvie doing? Like she's adding all this positivity. I've never heard this before, but you know what? I just do appreciate this. One thing that I absolutely love is this, this podcast. I love sharing everything with you. And I just want to tell you how amazing you are. And, and I thank you for being a listener and that's it. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets in the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou. And I'm bringing back my amazing, gorgeous friend, Geneva Thibault from Ottawa. And this is kind of part two of our previous discussion where we, I brought Julie in as our first time guest. She used to be my coach in 2005. That's when we met. And we got into the conversation of concussions and because Julie sustained a concussion about six years ago. And we're going to continue that conversation, which kind of ends from part one. So make sure that you go to episode 133, 133 and um, start from there if you want to do that. Um, but also before we bring Julie out, um, this, we have to acknowledge that today is a new Canadian national holiday, which is to remember all the, um, Aboriginal lives lost of the children in the residential schools in BC. And so therefore it's called national day of truth and recognition. And that's why we're both in orange. So if that's why you're wondering, so Today is a special day. This is being recorded on September 30th. And I think also this segues right into our conversation, right, Julie? Yes, it's also uh, the National Concussion Awareness Week. So in Canada, uh, this is quite a milestone and the Coaching Association of Canada and Parachute have been very uh, meaningful ambassadors in raising awareness, creating education tools, um, and mainly in sports. So um, what a perfect timing to meet for this part two. <laughs> I know, eh? we couldn't have, um, you know, organized this better. It's just like the university and the stars aligned and brought us together this week. And um, I know as a coach myself, um, have started noticing, and I also took one of those, like you're saying, they're putting together more material for coaches in the coaching association for cycling. I'm sure it's uh, in all platforms now for coaches, but there are courses in there for uh, concussion awareness. And I did that course probably two years ago. Uh, it's online and it's, it was, I was like, oh, and you know, it, it is like you're saying, um, great to 
have that material to go back on and just get familiarized with symptoms of concussions because my son is going into football. (laughs) (laughs) So Julie, let's, let's go into and just get backing, backing up and, and going back to your story. Um, Well, we're, you're, I know you're going to talk more about concussions, but, and I've had many friends who've had sustained concussions and some have gotten over them quickly. Some have taken years like yourself. It's been quite some time. Um, where do you want to start? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> where would you like to start? <laughs> um, yes, I, I, I'll start also by saying I'm not a certified health practitioner uh, in concussion uh, or in anything. Um, I'm a certified coach <laughs> and, um, and a sport coach, I should say. Um, and I, I remember saying this in the in the other interview we did. The for me the importance of education. So, uh, and I was there before I sustained a concussion. So when I decided to start racing, I was already in my early twenties. It was my second competitive sport, and right away I had a certain objective with that sport. And I knew from the lesson learned from my swimming years as as a child and teenager, one thing I could do better. And one of the things was that I understood my training, the practices I would would receive and understood what I was doing. And, And I believe still to this day, this is even more important in a sport like cycling, where you are meant to travel on your own or with a team and your coach is not always a person linked to your team or to your club so you need to really understand uh, a little bit more your your training regimen so back in the day in my 20s I did the coaching certification with that with that uh, goal in mind more so than to become a coach to really understand my career so um so I sustained a concussion uh, when I was into the workforce, so after I retired, um, and 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 I went eventually when I realized it was a bit of a bigger deal than that the three weeks recovery and all that. Um, I went to education, so I looked at I need to understand what was going on. Um, I was already a mother. I had responsibilities. I had I had way more bills than when I was an athlete. Um, so I was into that that bad space of how am I going to make it right? So what is this? Why is this not going away? What like what is it? So I went to education. So. Um, and at the same, about in those years, the Coaching Association of Canada launched their uh, their first concussion course that was that was free for coaches, headways. So I started with that, using all kind of rehabilitation techniques and pacing, and uh, and then there was also another course uh, at university level. It's called MOOC. It's a massive online open courses. It's, it's all across the world. It's free courses, university on topics. And the first ever on concussion was, uh, was presented in French uh, by Université Laval in Quebec City, uh, which was good for me too, because, um, because I lost my, my 
foreign languages too at the beginning of the confession. I, I did speech therapy, so English was all over the place. French was all over the place. And the other languages that I used to be able to get by, well, they were lost somewhere. <laughs> somewhere oh. behind. So being able to, to learn in French was like a nice little pacing and a nice little support. So a gift, basically. And that helped me to really understand uh, much more. Obviously, there was uh, support groups and, and I was I was really fortunate to um, to have a support team and to have access to to doctors and such. So um, bringing it back to education, and um, and I think for any any active person, right, who's uh, maybe maybe an adult trying to to balance uh, exercise and and work and parenting and all that, you want to understand where your limits are and what you want to do. So the goal settings, all these techniques that are known a bit more into a framework of sport and high performance sport became my, my go-to. Um, yeah. I remember you talking about that actually. Um, thinking about, um, I remember you were saying something along the lines, like you used the like your tasks that you need to do like little intervals you know like you do a little interval then you rest mm -hmm. and then you do another little interval and you rest and I was like wow that's and but thing is that not a lot I I can't suspect that a lot of people think that way you know it's more like oh my gosh like how am I gonna function now that you know this happened to me yeah I credited my athlete years a lot to my daily self-discipline. Um, and and I'll, I'll fast forward. So it was really like a four years of full rehab. So mm -hmm. near two, this is, so I had realized that this was going to be the long haul and, you know, I've done sleeping 15 hours a day. So it's like, okay, what am I doing with this? And then I, I, I switched to athlete mode. And yeah. I switched to uh, the integrated sport team around an athlete and around the team that you have a psychologist, a nutritionist, you have a mm -hmm. coach, you have a manager, you have a mechanic, you have a sir. So I went to, okay, who are these people? Right. And so I had, a, I had my doctor, I had a mindfulness group, I had a neuropsych, I had a, an occupational therapist, I had a speech therapist, I had a, you know, I had a massage therapist, I had a physiotherapist. So I went to them. And then I had them talk to each other as well. So, so that was, and that I can only credit um, my athlete years and, and, and me having been interested with coaching and, and having had some experience in team management because, uh, and I felt, I felt for my new friends from the concussion community and the rehab community that, that perhaps did not have the same perspective, right? So um, that that was one of my solution, and and that's why I keep always this this segue with sport. It's not just concussion as an adult or as a parent in the workforce. is is really how do you approach life? And 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 we say sport is school of life, and it's difficult to really measure that when you retire and enter the workforce and. Like it or not, your resume doesn't go through 
the uh, computer scanning, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff like that. So it's, it, but it is true. It is true at some point in life where sometimes you expect it the least. And for me, it was during my rehabilitation, uh, for sure. And, and the intervals um, analogy that you're making, it was from the occupational therapist explain, introducing uh, a point system of the activities, meeting with me and my husband so that we both understand that doing the grocery now was like, like going for a hundred K ride basically. Um, and, and you know, how to readapt. So to go to different grocery store and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so yes, I did see it as intervals and, and I was able to accept that I need to recover because in intervals you recover, right? It's not about going, going all out all the time, right? Which you can uh -huh. understand if you only have six hours a week to train, you want to make the best out of it. So it's full gas the whole time. But yeah. the power of recovery and of slow riding. So, so that really helped me to hold myself and don't overdo your physio exercises, Julie. And don't, you know. Right. Um, you got one hour today and that's it. Yes. <laughs> then yes. you got to recover. Oh, yeah. Recovery. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Education, I'm, recovery and, um, and goal settings. You know, I, I think in life, anyone. You know, anyone who's who's into um, enhancing and improving themselves, we will have goals. We will decide why we do this job over another job. So, mm -hmm. at that time, my goal before before the injury, my goal was to race. Then my goal was to start a family and having a job that I love and that was in sport. Then, what was my goal? My goal became to be able to interact with the children. So in between, we can just imagine and just skip over how I got to accept that, that that was a goal in life. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that because I think for a lot of people, it's accepting that they no longer are able to function at this level. It's got to be like way down to a level that they haven't seen in such a long time or ever. And, and I think that's where a lot of people fall apart, like the depression, the, you know, the, the lack of motivation, how did you get, how did you get through that? Cause I remember one, when I remember when I came and visited you, yeah. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> How you doing? I don't know. I can't. I, and you try to cancel on me. I'm like, I'm coming over. <laughs> I think cancel on me one. I'm like, no, I'm coming over this time. We're gonna sit. We're gonna have a visit. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're and, appreciative afterwards, but <laughs> and I was appreciated there. I was, I was afraid. Also, I was afraid at this visit how long it would take me to recover because I was such into this regimen. However. I was getting secluded, right? So, and I'm a social bee. Uh, I mean, if you're an athlete traveling the world, because you like people. <laughs> and then I kept, I kept working in events and in sports. So I like people. And all of a sudden, and, and it got created that my, my colleagues or my friends were my colleagues. My friends from cycling lived everywhere but Ottawa almost. So, so it was, so um, 
it was two-sided. So your visit was so positive and it was a balm and comfort, affording, sorry. But at the same time, I was just so afraid that I would lose two weeks, right? So oh. it's great that you came because we need that. We need that, that presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you need that pushy friend. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you do you do and uh, I'm like I haven't seen you a long time I'm coming yeah, over yeah and you came <laughs> during those two those first two years where it was dark it was dark it was dark in your house no yes also <laughs> no, I know because you're right there's no break down in this beautiful house <laughs> no I know but I remember you saying like you and I get it because you have to turn the lights down and so there you know it's less uh stress on your eyes and things like that but you know I I I feel you appreciate just having somebody to talk to actually absolutely absolutely (laughs) and I think uh yeah I mean we're still friends today and it's for these moments so uh and you know if if we're all able to 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 bring gratitude a bit more in our lives because when this this happened to me, I found that we were living far, that the house was dark, um, you know, these things. It was a lot of maintenance. It's all true. But these components allowed for my recovery mm-hmm. because there was silence. I could walk without having traffic and, and, and set up lights. Um, there was no bright light all the time around me. Um, so this all became positive factors and contributing factors to my wellness and my recovery. And, and I did walk the path of full gratitude, you know, naming those things around me. And as I was identifying it and, and hearing friends that were living downtown and could not go outside. To oh, you're talking about COVID. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. During the, um, no, no, no. During my recovery. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. Right? Yeah. So Comcast friends that would live straight downtown, they would oh. get out and beep, 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 the lights, the noise. Yeah. And they would just, so they would go back in. Meanwhile, I'm in the country. So I was able to walk and use exercise as a tool of, of rehabilitation. Yeah, that's true. Uh, like when my daughter had her concussion, that's right. Cause like it, it just, um, the quietness and the, the, the light and everything really does. You don't think it's, you don't think about that because you don't like, it doesn't affect you until you actually are around somebody who, yeah. who is, is saying that, that this is like really bothering me and it's giving me massive headaches. So how did, you know, like, I know you had really low, like, let's just talk about, um, you know, some of those low times, because I mean, you're a pretty strong woman, I have to say, one of the strongest women that I know. Um, and how did you keep yourself moving forward? Because I know that, that like there is some, you know, in anybody's recovery, you have those days where just like, oh my gosh, and having to manage like the kids and everything. Um, and they were younger at that time. So more need to you know to uh the key to word care here and... is the kids huh the key word is the kids yeah um, that would help you yeah that that was my reason uh mm-hmm. it took a while though before i named it and oh, okay. um, 
what I can share for this this period is really for me it was like an identity sorry an identity mm -hmm. quest right right before I was a swimmer I was a cyclist then I was a paracycling coordinator then I was a Paralympic coordinator so my identity was sport my work tool was my body then was my brain and my body because I was able to travel and work and perform it was it, it was physical work so when when the injury happened it kind of went from full stop I was not progressively you know reducing the hours it just went full stop so it went from 200 miles an hour to full stop and then I got like three weeks off and three weeks off. And then I got big bunch of months off. And that was the big slap in the face. And I said, okay, so there's more here. And this is where I said, well, who am I? If I cannot use my brain to work, because that's the association I had, that my brain was not keeping up with what I wanted to do. So it's the identity quest. I didn't know who I was, let alone what I could do. And that took a while. And I'm forever grateful for having support, uh, medical support around me. And, and again, credited my, the 20 years before that of sport experience. So to know that it's okay to have help. And I was so grateful that I have worked in parasport for six, eight years by then. So... I knew the power and the possible outcome of rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. So for me, that helped me to accept and to move on to, let's get better. Let's perform. Let's perform at rehab. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So it's, yeah. It's, so when did that mind shift happen? Because that is a, a, a big switch. It was, it was for flip. the children. I was sick and tired to be on the couch all the time. I was done yeah. with being at dinner with the kids. I was, I was done not being able to do homeworks with them, to hear about their days, to not being able to pick them up. I was yeah. done with that. And, but it took me a while before I saw there could be a light out of the tunnel and that there could be solutions. And, and kids were not enough to get me out of that spiral. And one day I touched the ground so low and I, I pictured the kids getting older without me being around. And I went, no. So probably because of my experience and, and some stuff that we shared in part one. So that's where it went. It all got clearer saying that let's get better and then we'll figure out what we do. And, and we'll make it happen. And this is, we talk a lot about concussion in sport, rightfully so. And the conversation as to, is also shifting very much into para-athletes. And, and I want to say it here because it's so important that it continues that way. Um, and then I lost my train of thought saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, para-athletes, concussion, you were looking yeah, for yeah. So the correlation alone i could have lived anywhere eat white pasta and just get back at it and do whatever job but now because i was a mother i had those bills 
at this house. It was everything seemed bigger. It's like when you decide to start a sport, you're racing regional, but the only other option is to be at the international level. It was kind of that jump. And then it, it was impossible for me. So with help, really a lot of professional help, I was able to break it down in small steps and, and do one step at a time and one step at a time. So the intervals um, layout of my days were for the objective, going back to goal settings, the objective that tonight I'm around the children from 4.30 to 8 without napping, being asleep, be, being laying, lying down, you know? So that was my goal. And then that was achieved. Okay, now I'm going there. And now I'm going there. And then I'm going to find a job of that level. And then of that, because there was a certain lifestyle that I continue to really want for the kids. That, the, the guilt that... Hey, 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 let's take a mini break because I have to tell you about this unique online cycling coaching program that's going to blow your mind. This is your fast and easy way to become a better and stronger cyclist by joining an online 16-week cycling training program geared towards improving cycling skills. My name is Sylvie Dow, your podcast host and Level 3 National Cycling Performance Coach. I have been coaching this unique 16-week program every winter since 2006. Why did I create this unique 16-week program? Winters were harsh and still are here in the region. No one likes or liked to work out alone in their basements until the world of online cycling really took off last year during COVID, which has been a game changer for cyclists worldwide. So why would you sign up to a 16-week online road cycling training skills program when you could be riding inside? Well, here's the thing. There's this little known thing called the four key pedal strokes. Hardly anyone is talking about, but when you learn and use them, you will see a huge difference in your cycling performance, not to mention improve, impressing your friends and yourself. First, why are you training on a trainer this winter anyways? What are your goals? Do you want to get faster? Could it be moving from 18 kilometers an hour to 20 kilometers an hour? Do you want to win that sprint? Are you looking to get stronger on the hills? Do you want to now be the first to the top, not the last? Is it your endurance-based building? Do you want to move into a faster ride group? Or maybe you're looking at getting into racing. Whatever the goals, they require specific skills that need to be taught and practiced in order to improve. I've coached over 500 cyclists in this program with a reported 5 to 20% increase in cycling fitness over the 16 weeks. Here are a couple of reasons that this program might be for you. You're still frustrated with climbing hills and keeping up with the pack. You like structure and scheduled training sessions. You like to train in your cycling zones. Your heart rate is all over the place. Possibly you want to optimize gear changing and learn a little bit more about that to become more efficient. You would like coaching feedback on technique and form. Joining a cycling skills program like the 16 week program can provide more benefits that will help drastically improve your cycling fitness through focused training in your heart rate zones, hill climbing, speed, endurance, while building up fitness through the 16 weeks 
a periodized winter and strength training program. Go to 16wkroadcycling.ca. That's 16wkroadcycling.ca for all the details and to join today. The program starts in December. Now, back to our episode. That, let's just say it's straightforward that it could not be sport because I could not. That that I was I was not willing. So so what got what was my motivation? My story for me was really my children, the three of them, the, my stepson included, because they were they were young. They were fourteen, seven, and, and five and a half when it happened. So yeah. so um so that's that. So the identity, and I think it's important because we talk about if. There's a lot of, of, of active cyclists that come to your to your podcast, and, and I'm sure there's a very wide range of, of, uh, of people listening to you of all ages, and, and we all need to re-identify a little bit who we are and what our priorities are, right? So yeah. in my case, it was concussion. Someone else, it can be cancer. Someone else can be a gold medal. Someone else can, you know, mm-hmm. so it's... Um, it's to continue to have that conversation and to go back to education and to go back to prevention. This is what's happening also today with the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation is, is to simply talk. We're not, not here to fix, we're, we're just yeah. here to acknowledge. Yeah. So to, to recognize the signs of a concussion, to like this week, there was a lot of, of articles in the sport uh, community about how signs, how concussions are much more complex for para athletes, because you know if visually impaired players hit each other on the head, or you you know they don't realize it, and then we're going to focus on the other sport that they're playing, and not that you know hitting their heads is almost part of you know like in football and, and football yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. So so it's it's really interesting, right? Oh my God, that is really interesting. Where are you finding those articles, Julie? Cirque. Just search everybody. Concussion. Yes. Oh, sorry. What was that? Coach.ca. Oh, okay. So coach.ca. Okay. That's in Canada. So coach.ca, that's our our coaching association. I want to give another example of this. Um, (laughs) Is you know, I was fortunate enough to, to work with some paracyclists and to travel at international events with them. And I learned, I learned so much. And I learned about all these wide scope of injuries and, and that sometimes uh, a head trauma is not the main injury and the main disability of the athlete, mm-hmm. right? He is an amputee or so on and so forth. But the head injury becomes a factor in the performance. And, right, and I think now, I mean, it's been over ten years that that I was into that field. You know, I think the research and and the knowledge is way more uh, advanced now, and it's 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 an open conversation. By the time, so just we would share information and best practices between countries, between experts, and to to support better our athletes that are dealing with these intersectional disabilities. Just like today, invisible disabilities is recognized as, yeah. you know, and it's not just intellectual or physical or mo- mobility. It's it's all mm-hmm. neurodiversity. It's epilepsy, like Marion Pignier was talking yeah, about. Yeah, like uh, epilepsy, yeah. Yeah, epilepsy and diabetes and uh, autistic and 
uh, head injuries and concussions and things like that. So, so yeah, head injuries uh, can uh, yeah can affect a lot of things like body wise because I I coached um, a lady who had a head trauma from when she was a teenager for a short period, but it had affected her whole side, right? arm and leg so it wasn't just the head it started there but it it affected her whole uh, yeah. uh left yeah. side yeah yeah you yeah. so have to think about it. yeah yeah it's not one size fits all that's for sure um uh, mm -hmm. so the more we talk about it and and i think the goal if we talk about cycling or sport in general to me the goal is to be active for life is to remain yeah. active to remain with strong bodies and strong mm -hmm. bodies not necessarily the, the leanest as possible, but strong that they can hold yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Can. Well, yeah. So this is where strength training comes in. Very important. Absolutely. Um, I'm starting to talk more about that as a as I grow old as a female, older, old, old as we grow older. <laughs> it was never so much as a concern back when we were younger as it does become when you're mid forties. And if you re recognize or realize it when you're mid 40, you definitely want to jump on and start doing something about it. So it's no longer a luxury. I, that's what I found. There's no longer a luxury to get in the gym. It's an like a necessity now Yeah. Uh, for life. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Taking care of ourselves is a necessity. Mm -hmm. um, it's a privilege to age, right? The <laughs> The other option is not that great. So I know, hey, like, <laughs> what would you prefer? If you're not you ready, so there well. ain't no C. Yeah, like, uh, so yeah, yeah. exactly. And both take work. You know, <laughs> takes a lot of work to stay healthy. It takes a lot of work to stay unhealthy. And uh, which kind of work do you want to do? So, what are you doing right now? To like, you're working. I believe you're working. Mm -hmm. um, and so how is your concussion moving along? Like, I know it's always going to be there, mm -hmm. right? Like the symptoms. That's what um, I was, uh, that's the diagnostic I received. Um, <laughs> and, um, and it continues to evolve. Uh, so it's going to be Better. eight years, actually. It's going to be eight years in November. Mm -hmm. And you one would think that I wouldn't know what to do with it and what my boundaries are. Uh, but I continue. Are you pushing your boundaries there, Julie? Not. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> and, you know, where I do what's happening now with it, it's. It's all my life. I'm much more purpose, purposeful. Purpose. Purposeful. purposeful. Yeah. And, uh, but that's such hard work because you have to say no to so much. You know? It's not a bad thing, though. Now you can just really pick and choose exactly what you, you want to do. But it's right? a lot of mental work. It's a lot of self respect. It's a lot of self identification. But it's the same as when you're an athlete. And you say no to, and by saying no to social, to gravies at Christmas or to so-and-so, what do you say yes to? You say yes to your performance goal. You say yes to your sponsorship. You say yes to all bunch of things. So that was the same thing that happened during my rehabilitation. What do I say no to? So I did say no to many invitations. 
I tried to say no to you. That did not work. <laughs> Good thing. <laughs> I think. But I said no to family reunions uh, at mm. Easter. And that was very hard because I said no to that with tears, right? Yeah. Um, it was very hard. But I was saying yes to my kids. I was saying yes to getting back into the workforce, yeah. to, to, do, to getting better. And now, what do I say no to? It's, I, I do feel I'm, I'm still getting more and more resilient. Mm -hmm. every year of, of in an environment point of view because the environment affects me a lot so the social and this and that so I can do more but I still need the pacing and when I do two days in a row of social because I think I can do it well look at this you know I don't feel that great for a couple of days um, so it's uh, it continues to be why what do I say yes to right yeah and Good point. yeah and the default, I, I call it like my other, my other me, it's my default me from when I was working a lot, when the hours, you know, just add up, you do everything. It's like, as I get, if I'm on to, if I reach a new threshold, well, the old me comes back and adds, and then oh. I to slow down again. So, mm -hmm. so that's, that's the current challenge in continuing to manage the condition. Um, exercise is a thing. So I'm exercising more and more every year, but I'm mm -hmm. still not able to go on group rides. Or if I was to test a group ride, I might need 10 days to recover cognitively. My legs can keep up, but not my head. So that's still a grief because I miss it. Right. Well, I think the, I think that, you know, like you've gone about it right because the worst thing is setbacks, right? Cause that it takes even longer for you to move forward. And I like the fact that, you know, and I think my daughter having her concussion, she's doing the same thing. She's like, she's learning to plan ahead for what's coming ahead. And that's what you said to me. Like, just if we're going to talk, I have to prepare myself mentally and physically um for it because then i'm going to be you know i'm going to put out a lot of energy and then i have to think about what's how i'm going to feel afterwards i'm like okay so you're like i only have 45 minutes for you <laughs> i'm like okay and um but the thing is that you are able to add more like every year and and we have so much time ahead of us you know, the realization you don't have to do everything right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's where like, I'm like, okay, well, I'll try a group ride, two people, maybe yes. four. Exactly. And then we'll see how that goes. Yes. And yes. I mean, you know, cause the fitness level two has got to come back, but you know, it's going to, because you have such a base, even though it's been a while, I can't see that it not, you know, in a couple of years being back to where it is. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see, we'll, we'll see then, but that's exactly <laughs> it. And you, you learn to, to adapt. I, I have this key motto that works for me, works with the families. Integration is the key. When we decide what kind of activity we're gonna do as a family, we integrate everyone. 
And it's a little bit more subtle because it's not like I'm in a wheelchair, right? That we need a ramp. So it's, it's more invisible. And we learn as a family that it was not just based on, on me who has some limitation. You know, that, that can become very uh, prejudiced and really heavy to carry. Yeah. So it became, we all learn how to know each other a bit more, even if the kids are younger and, and as they age, their personality is shining through and everyone has an individuality. So basically we're choosing together activities that, that fit us. And um, I'll, I'll give you- um, We had a great holiday. If you- We had a great holiday, thank yeah. you. That's exactly where I was going. But we've prepared me for two years for that holiday. And the planning of which activities, it was to be integrate, integrated. So one family member is not maybe as fit as the rest. So we had to make sure that every activity would be adapted. Um, there was some, uh, some river activity. So we went and test myself. We did a family rafting, we tested out and we did it on the year that, and we paced that whole week. We didn't do, wow. you know, and we did it on a year that it fitted and I knew where I would be with the recovery. So, and we postponed, that trip has been postponed two years and not because of COVID, because as a family, we were not ready. We were not prepared. Um, so, so yeah, so when we have uh, grandparents or other kind of guests, not any kind of guests that have preferences, for us it's not, we're not lacking an activity. We're, we're being together. We're valuing the presence. So we've learned that. Obviously, at the beginning, was a lot focused on what can what can mommy do. So eventually, I was, I was more than uncomfortable with that. Right? It was hindering. Right. right? So then we became just more inclusive. And mm -hmm. and yes, I have children, including my my stepson, who are extremely aware and knowledgeable about concussion. So when their friends. You know, this happens to their friends. They're often a very good support to their friends. Right. So, um, so that's what I, one thing now. Um, and for anyone who's listening to this, who who has any kind of other uh, invisible right. injuries or condition, mm -hmm. or is recovering from something, it's I'm still not. I'm so far from being done with that journey. Right. Uh, and I've met athletes that had accepted their injury way more than I have as of now. So I still have so much to do on that front. Um, but it's what helps me is, is what's my purpose? What's my goal setting? Uh, mm -hmm. The script, I ask you as well, what exactly do you want to talk about? What are the yeah. questions? So I know a little bit where I'm going. I'm mm -hmm. not that great at improvising anymore. Um, so things like that, but it's, but I'm here, right? I'm able, I've carved time. I said no to, to some things this week to be able to have the time to talk with you. I, I told you this and I, I really, mm -hmm. I really need it. I admire what you do, that you keep going at it, that you believe in you, that you're putting so many stories out there to help out. And I want to contribute to that. I want to help you doing that. And, and I thank you for the platform because now my, 
my, it's not a mission, but what really drives me is to mm -hmm. bring people with disabilities back into the workforce and right. uh, to using their strengths, what they can do instead of what they cannot do anymore. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we are at a time where accommodations are perceived as a tool something positive more than negative and detrimental because we have children that have received help in school for easily a decade, right? Yeah. So many kids have their additional uh, support person or have yeah. a learning plan. So all these people are coming to the workforce. And so accommodation is just, it's just a thing. It's not because you're lacking something. It's just a thing yes. to make you contribute. And I want to be part of that. I hope I can be part of that. And, and I'm, I'm really blessed that I'm able to access a little bit of those conversations in my day job and in my passion, in, in my free time. Like today, I am blessed with, with a holiday day because I work for the mm -hmm. government. So I'm able to give that time to you. Um, and, and it respects my timelines, right? It respects where mm -hmm. I'm can focus cognitively too. Mm -hmm. So, um, but now also with exercise because exercising, nutrition, all that, but sport is recognized as being such a wellness factor. Um, and it's hard, we don't, we don't prioritize it. Even me, after 20 years of sport, I would not carve the time to exercise. I know, and I did not before the injury because I, prioritize the work and right I had to catch up I had years to catch up that was my wow. mind, right and then when mm -hmm. I don't catch up I need to be home for the kids and right. right so that's that was my journey that's where I was at so life took me out of that when my kids were still quite young five seven years old and then I can tell you all of my doctors and therapists would put big first thing to do exercise exercise yeah. and you're like ah uh. so to this day as i'm still building that self-confidence of this is who i am and that's okay i have to prioritize doing sport and i know it doesn't necessarily work at five o'clock in the morning or at nine o'clock at night you know before and after the kids so i need to to figure it out and it simply it does fit if i remove something and it fits yeah. from the moment that i i really value it right so well, yeah yeah this is a really good point because um this is where i have started thinking and this is not concussion based but started thinking about helping more women do just that because like what you said you can fit it in but you might have to remove something. Yeah. And as for women, we don't put it on the forefront. Okay, let's just say individuals, don't put it on the forefront. Don't have to be women, don't have to be men, but everything else goes at the top of the list. And that's kind of like, well, if I have five minutes then I might go for a walk, um, where now it's gotta be the reverse. It's gotta be at the top. It's part of the self-care that helps everybody. and you know, and realizing that and being okay with it and not feeling guilty that you're not a, you know, finishing off your 
document for work that's going to, you know, take you into overtime. Or maybe the kids might have to spend 20 minutes playing so you could go work out so that you have better, better mental health. You know, it's just, it's realizing those things. And that's, that's where I was like, I see more and more need for that kind of coaching and help um, to balance it out because we can do it all. You can, but you just have to like shift things, reprioritize. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. In this, in this current model of, of a certain framework, because with the new generation and the younger generation coming into the workforce, it seems that they're they're better at fitting in their things for themselves in the middle of the day. They're all about so, themselves, yeah. But we'll see. But I'm in the same age group as you, so <laughs> we're kind of in the mid, like yes. right, like our parents yeah. were like work, 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 not like, and then we're like half work, half kit, like you know, we kind of like uh don't even know and then the then our younger kids like well i'm gonna take it do my thing and then like maybe i'll work no and you're a good model for that too right you you need to work you need to have your business you spend some time for you know creating your dream bringing exercise in the daytime for you Mm -hmm. you know so there are ways it's not easy but there are ways and at the end what's the objective well for me my objective is my health and my wellness that's for sure yeah so it keeps evolving right but yeah. um but i'm i'm certainly extremely grateful that i i went into cycling because that was not a given even if my family was if, even if i was born and raised in cycling it was not a given that i would embrace it myself and um and i'm very grateful because i i do see how sport is a is a school of life and and I'm convinced I'll get back to it and and you know maybe I'll do a group ride of more than five six people one day oh you (laughs) will don't say maybe say I will I will you're good I will do a group ride with more and then I will join Sylvie's club one (laughs) (laughs) just say it say it with me Julie say it with me I'll be happy. I will come and group ride with you. I will come and ride with you. Yes, I will be happy to join. Eventually. I'll be over there tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I'll book you in a week. (laughs) Before it snows. But uh, yeah, so I'm, and you know what? I'm super grateful that we are able to chat and I I was able to get you onto the podcast because how could I not? you know, you had such a big role in me getting in cycling or into the racing and, and just, you taught me so much. And um, I am certainly grateful that we are still friends because, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't necessarily stick, you know, with people that they've met, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, go their different ways. And then, um, you know, so, and I don't know about you and like we take this this off this like coffee chat, but um, I don't know about you, but like for me, I'm finding it, I found it increasingly hard to find people to hang and talk and and be friends with, Uh, like true friends. Like I've got tons of um, like 
acquaintances, yeah. you know, through sport and cycling and the club and everything, but true friends um, are few and far between. And it's just like, and it's one of those things that are at the bottom of my list, like family, health, sport, business, friendship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so for me, I've kind of moved it to the top because I realize and recognize that moving forward in life, I need to have those quality friendships, like quality friendships, not business friendships, like quality. And um, so, no, and that's can, another I, reason. I, I can do, I'm happy for you and I can relate. That was, that was the first um, uh, realization really after my injury because mm -hmm. all of a sudden there was no one. And, yeah. uh, and I, I could not necessarily pick up the phone or being on text or being on Facebook all the time to reach out to, to stay in touch. So, uh, so yeah, I can totally relate to what you're saying and how relationships were just uh, a given, take it mm -hmm. for granted and not really nourished. And then how it came all the way back up to the pile. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I'm not typically like one of those extroverted people that go out and and naturally make like good friendships um i find it's just it's a weird feeling and it's a very isolating feeling too um you know i look at my husband and he has like quality friendships with like 12 guys that he's has been friends with like for you know 25 years he sees them every weekend they golf every week you know they go away golf tournaments like i'm like man that's what I want I want a girl gang just like that but you know what you find people that are are like good with you but then you guys just don't mesh like you don't have the same kind of I don't know goals it's mm -hmm. just you know like you wouldn't necessarily call them up all the time or maybe they call you up only when they need you or something you know <laughs> so yeah but yeah. um the pleasant factor I I, I think maybe I, I, that, that would be my, the wrap up of my journey with concussion. I think is the pleasant factor is what, what, what got extracted to it and being education. I love the, the episodes that you do, that you teach people, that you teach a technique, that you provide tools, right? So for whoever list, is listening to that and decide that cycling is their is there fun exercise? Well, there's a tool so that it's more pleasant, um, right? It's like when I, I love coaching people who start cycling or I love coaching is a big word, even just accompanying on rides where you just help them have a steady pedal stroke or circular pedal stroke and it pulls, they fly away. I know. <laughs> you know, the really factor. Um, so, strength training would be so that life is 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 pleasant you don't feel that pain and discomfort as much right and and the pacing be having purpose in life knowing what you want so you're saying what do you say no to so it's it's to have that joy a little bit more and pleasant factor and mm -hmm. if anything that's what the concussion taught me so I, yeah. yeah and i really look forward for the next couple of decades ahead well, that's good because this is a great way to just wrap it all up um, and tie it off with a bow. And 
you know, like, thank you. I, you know, I just want to thank you, Julie, and thank our listeners. Um, so, you know, guys, if, if you know of somebody who's suffering from a concussion, maybe you haven't seen them for a while and you're kind of wondering, this is the time to kind of reach out, not call, just go over, <laughs> go over and knock on the door and say, hey, how are you doing? Because literally, I mean, they can't say no. And if they, if it's really that bad, then they can say no to your face. But I bet you that person would really appreciate it. I'm getting, Julie did. (laughs) (laughs) We're still friends. They'll be honest. They'll tell you. And you also, you know, if you want to, I will point out two things that you did super well that that time. uh, Sorry for interrupting. Is you came up with your drinks, with your snacks. You you left. You know, you did not stay for three hours. So that's also mm-hmm. being thoughtful of the other. So um, you know, the person you're not there to be anyway. You you're there for the presence, and um, we hear that off with people uh, going through cancer. Sometimes they don't dare reaching out. <laughs> they don't know what to say, and understandably, uh, but reaching out not knowing what to say sometimes it's better appreciated than not reaching out at all all. so uh it's a little bit of the same of an equivalent analogy and then what you did was was meeting those those frameworks so that's why i'm taking the time to just resign because yes if you can help someone out there you know it's you that's right they don't have to be we don't have to be talk concussion there's a lot of people who are um suffering in silence Mm -hmm. uh right now and could probably use a walk in the park with somebody else. Absolutely. You know, if you don't want to hang out at the co- the kitchen table and drink coffee, yes. you can go outside. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, thank you, Julie. I I appreciate you so much, and um, I'm so grateful. We we really do need, should go for a ride. Yeah, we will. We will. Down to Cumberland, yeah. go for a coffee at the Black Walnut. <laughs> Absolutely. so thank you oh thank you thank you our listeners and have yourself an amazing day everyone take care thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport i am so glad you stopped by today Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.